Today on First Lady and Friends, we had a little switch up. Sarah Allred, new director of First Lady Initiatives that show up, is interviewing me uh, on all the things we've done. Basically, a year in review of the great year we've had today. Can't wait for you to take a listen. Let's get proximate. We're back here on First Lady and Friends. Uh, we would like to welcome to the program in her starring role, the new role, <laughs> as director of First Lady Initiatives on my team, Sarah Allred, formerly deputy director. Yes. So congratulations Thank on you. the promotion. Thank you. And uh, we're really excited to just maybe do a year in review, and apparently you're taking over the mic. That's to right. I am on a full power trip with my new role. <laughs> She's drunk with power, <laughs> and I will now be interviewing you. So sit back, relax, and answer all of these questions correctly and interestingly. <laughs> and I hope I get a prize at the end. <laughs> you may. I will have a prize for you. Okay. Um, okay. So we've had a year. We have. This year, 2023, I think we've done a lot of awesome things. We had NGA, you started uh, National Governors Association. Uh, what has been your favorite? I don't know. What's What do you feel like the vibe has been this year? Kind of the general feel. Um, I think it's been kind of bigger and better. Yes. As we've, you know, as we've ramped up over this is year three. Um, and, and I think, you know, show up has become it, it's coming into itself it's really growing up yep. and we've we've realized that um you know we we've kind of honed in on what what we're good at what what we bring to the table um how we bring people together um and the, and the the things that we're able to do have just been kind of bigger and better you know our teacher conference is you know we're we're really starting to hit our stride um, those first couple of years, it's growth. It's yeah. trying to figure things out um, with foster care. We're we're literally like getting things off the ground with our yes. care communities that we've been working on for three years. Um, we are, you know, the, just in we're hitting our stride with Special Olympics. We're hitting our stride with our our service initiatives. So I feel like we're just kind of growing up. We're hitting our, you know, young adulthood in our. <laughs> gotten past the awkward teen years. You, hopefully. I think we have. I think we have. There may be a few young adult missteps, but <laughs> exactly. So I think that's where we're at, and it's been great. It's been a great year. Uh, I think we are kind of marquee events. We're bigger and better, like you said, and I think it's just more fun. It doesn't yeah. feel quite like a scrappy startup, which is yeah. it's been, and. Yeah, we're growing up and it's it's fun to to hit our stride and be hopefully make an impact here in Utah. Yeah. So, nope, I love it. Um I wanted to talk about a few of our favorite things this year. Of course, Unified Sports is at the top. Always. Always. <laughs> Will you tell us what you did this last Saturday? Oh my gosh. Oh, I thought you were going to ask about the summer, but I will talk uh, about the summer in a minute. But this Saturday we went to um, Centerpoint Theater in Centerville, Utah, and we participated in, well, we watched um, <laughs> the most gloriously beautiful program I've ever seen. It's It was kids from all over the state, but, you know, kind of centered around that Davis County area. Who, and not just kids, kids, adults, um, the whole spectrum of ages 
um, all kids and and adults and people with uh, intellectual disabilities performing musical numbers in a whole musical Christmas program. And I'm telling you, I I mean, it always gives me joy when I see my friends with disabilities, and it always gives me joy when I see them being treated with dignity and being able to shine and being able to know that they matter. Um, but there was a moment where they all came together at the end and sang the song. It was it was an Alabama song, um, Angels Among Us, but the, mm, yes. the Tabernacle Choir did it a couple of years ago with Kristen Chenoweth, and um, so they did that version. And a whole stage of almost 100 people with intellectual disabilities singing Angels Among Us and doing and signing the words hmm. also. I like right now I'm getting teary eyed thinking about it. I sobbed like a like a child. I oh, wow. I could not stop crying. It was so beautiful. It was it made my whole Christmas season. It hmm. made me think about what's important, what you know what people with disabilities have taught me. Um what I hope to do to lift them in any way possible um, and what people are around the state are doing to lift um, people with disabilities. Uh, to me, it was glorious, beautiful. The whole program was fantastic. I'm ready to dive in and help spread it in any way I can, but it was, it was really cool. But I will talk about the summer too. Another, another experience that, you know, just will, it was life changing and, and, tear jerking <laughs> was um, at the, spe- the um, Special Olympics International Games in Berlin. Mm. And I've probably talked about this before on the program, but that moment when um, I'm in the stadium, you have to realize this is the 1936 Olympic Stadium in Berlin, Germany, where Hitler spoke and where people with disabilities were being murdered and would never have had an opportunity to participate in something like this. Um, And we watched people from all over the world um, with intellectual disabilities, you know, come into the stadium. It was, it was unbelievable. And I mean, I just, and when the Ukraine delegation came in, the whole stadium erupted. Wow. And we all just, I mean, I'm sobbing. We're crying. I mean, it, was, it was beautiful. So, yeah, of, meaningful experiences with my friends with disabilities always. Um, but those are two that stand out. I love that. And I think they, there is a certain level of connection that happens with those friends because mm-hmm. I, I get the feeling they don't care about any of those barriers that yeah. we put up for ourselves. And they just want to connect as human to human. Yep, and they do it so well, and I think that's that's what we can learn from them. I mean, those two experiences are just people connecting yep. on a on a way that we don't day to day. Yeah, and one more <laughs> that I absolutely love is at our state tournament, our soccer tournament this fall. Um, our friend Whitney, who happens to have autism, oh, this got was up <laughs> was so good and sang the national anthem for our soccer tournament and just killed it and 
I think we were all crying. We the were, whole field. It was like it was so the beautiful. That's it's just like I want to bottle this up and take it to the sad world that we live in. Yeah. And people that are sad or people that are hurting or people that are angry and fearful. I just yeah. I want to bottle it up and give it to them and say like life's life is, yeah. life's good. We're okay. Humanity is okay. Yep. Yep. Like let's get rid of all the stuff that doesn't matter. Yep. Let's connect. Yep. That's that. exactly right. All right. So unified is always the best. Let's move to service. I think we've done some really great things with service yeah. this year. I thought our the service fair was fantastic. What are some of your favorite? We I, we visited a number of nonprofits, people just doing amazing things. Is there anything that stands out to you? Yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to remember. Um, yeah, we've there's the nonprofit visits are really great because it really helps us to. Um, understand there. I mean, there are so many in the state, so many people doing good things, and it helps us to really understand where they are, who they are, and how we connect them to each other. The yep. people that are doing um, similar things or have similar missions in their organizations, a lot of times they're sort of toiling in obscurity, and and you know serving this population, but they could be more powerful if they connected with other people that are doing similar work. Um, you know, we've done this in the foster care space. We've done this um, in the, you know, in the child welfare space, but we've also done it in, you know, the, we've seen it in uh, refugee spaces where, where there's organizations that are working really well separately and we see them yeah. together. Um, uh, homelessness, um, you know, after school programs, uh, parents of kids with disabilities, you know, resources for them and, and organizations that help with that. Um, you know, people like Voices of the Children, That's that was yeah. a really great one where there's mentoring opportunities, yes. Friends of the Children that are mentoring opportunities. Um, it's just there's, there's amazing places, uh, Children's Center Utah. I mean, there's just so many yeah. um, people that are doing great work. And allowing um, us to reach out to the people and the families and the populations of Utah who want to serve. And most of us do, as we all know. Yeah. Um, and our families, we want to get our families involved and, and connecting them, I think, is a really powerful tool that we've been able to tap into. Yep. I have noticed this year you've kind of hit like this theme of continuing our culture of volunteerism here in the state. Talk a little bit more about how we've been able to do that with some high school teams. We brought in some university students. Maybe talk about what your goal is with youth. Yeah, it's, you know, it's interesting. Um, I, you know, Spencer and I have learned over the many years of public service and just in life is that um, it's much more effective um, when you're trying to make change and behavior change to work with kids and young people. <laughs> it's, true. it's true. They're just better at this than than adults are. And um, so I love connecting with youth. What what we've realized in the state of Utah is, you know, we are number one for volunteerism. We are number one for charitable giving. We are, um, you know, we do have this in our DNA, this giving back philosophy. Um, it is really, you know, has been part of who we are for many, many decades in a century or more. Um, what I worry about is as the world gets smaller and as our our cultures sort of diverge and and or or sort of meld into one um, around the country, around the world is great in a lot of ways. But we we can't use 
we can't lose our uniqueness. We can't lose that DNA, that what's what makes us special. And what makes us special is is how we treat each other, how we come together, how we want to surround each other with love and goodness and service and and helping one another. And so I think it's incumbent upon all of us, and this is what you know, Spencer and I have been working really hard on this and and how this looks across the state. How do we be intentional about perpetuating these values that make us special. And one of the biggest ones is that we serve each other, that we connect with each other, that we um, volunteer in different organizations, that we, you know, we make sure that kids have weekend bags to take home. We make sure they have food. We make sure that they have shelter. Um, We make sure that children have um, a caring adult in their life. Um, and so for us, it's this idea that as we as we bring in kids and we share this philosophy, making sure that the next generation understands it and is aware and ready to go. So we've done, you know, we, we encourage uh, university students who, you know, may or may not have grown up in Utah to to get involved and to understand this way of life. And so we've done that by bringing university um programs that, you know, a lot of them have um, food centers or service centers on their campuses. We, br- we bring them together to do a summit and really make sure that we're connecting with each other, that their programs can grow, that their populations can be served. The other one that we do, again, reaching even further back into our high school students is really encouraging them to do service, submitting their service projects or their service um opportunities online to us and to the Utah Jazz and then we we choose them with the Utah Jazz and then they get to, you know there's there were three that got to come to a jazz game it's very special the Smiths Ashley and and Ryan have been really giving and and supportive of this effort to perpetuate service with our youth and they give them an incredible opportunity Such make them feel experience. like celebrities at this ball game and it's it's really special so it's been really fun good no, and those high school kids were a riot. They were so fun. And I loved seeing this these big group, you know, they're the athletes on their campuses. They're the they're the cool kids and the SBOs. And they're out serving their community, you know, whether it's putting on a 5K or cleaning up. I think one of them was cleaning up um, the planters on Main Street in yeah. Gunnison. Like, I love that we're getting the youth out there and that we can recognize them and celebrate them. And, and hopefully that leads to them doing keeping keeping on keeping on with yeah well and the, <laughs> and the fact doing. that we had you know a, a team from Gunnison well it was our SBOs from Gunnison I mean this for those that don't know it's in the center of the state <laughs> in the beautiful San Pete County um they uh, they you know it's not just right here kids yep. always get these opportunities it's it's kids from all over the state that get to show their service show what they're doing and then be celebrated for it which yep. is really fun so much fun. That was that was a, a good time and really fun kids. So, um, okay. One of the most exciting things we've done this year is foster care. We have started a pilot program. Do you want to give a little, not a teaser, but we're, we're yeah. just starting. So we don't want to do share everything right now. But I, do you want to kind of give an idea of what we're doing and who we're working with? Yeah, I do. I want to dive right into this when we come right back. We're back here on First Lady and Friends. It's the episode where Sarah Allred, new director of First Lady Initiatives, interviews moi. 
So this is a good time. (laughs) So we're talking about foster care. (laughs) We are talking about our care communities project that we have been working on for almost three years now. Um, Is a big deal. And we are lifting it off the ground. I have to say, going back to this, we what we would love to do is surround each foster family in the state with eight to 10 families that lift them up, that that wrap around them with services, with care, with a, a, someone to talk to. Yeah, somebody, to, yep. a shoulder to cry on, somebody to just vent to, yeah. whatever that looks like, whatever their needs are. I mean, I always say, you know, if, if it, it really is dependent on the needs of the family, they identify the, the needs. And then these eight to 10 families surround them, help them, lift them up and, and take care of those needs so that we, first of all, recruit the best foster families possible so that those best families stay in the system that they are that they keep their licenses up and continue to take placements so that they are able to love and care for those those children give them belonging give them love and kindness and hopefully support as they um you know the ultimate goal of reunifying with their biological family when that family is able to um take the steps necessary uh to get their lives on track and get their children um reunified with them so we love we love the the model and we know it works and we've decided to pilot it um, for the next two years and get enough data to show that it's you know hopefully that it's working that families are staying longer that families are uh, that children are ultimately benefiting from um, the best possible love and connection in the community so where we stand now is that we hired a we we hired a director of care communities who is embedded in Utah foster care and we've had her on the program yep. she's amazing um, Tammy Carson we have identified families for each of these care communities either through a congregation or through another organization a business or a nonprofit and each one of those is is now standing up their care communities as we speak. And I, I just got off a call with the update. Things are looking good. Things are happening. So we're yep. in about four congregations, uh, two businesses, and then one uh, nonprofit community organization. So if anyone listening has a business that feels like this might be something they're interested in, please contact us. Um, we're excited to get this off the ground. And yeah. things are going. And actually, Tammy just shared with me a story um, in one of the faith congregations, the one of the needs was she just needed air in her tires. Like her tires go flat, and it's that's just like the one more thing. So a family brought her dinner, took her car, filled it up with air, and it just lifted that burden. And it happened to be on a day when one of um, her children had a medical need that took all of her time that day. And she just said that this is what – it's small things – but it lifts that burden in a way that's really compounded, um, compounds the effort that's put in. So that, that is story. such a beautiful story. And that's exactly what we're hoping for. Yes. We're hoping that this it's not something crazy. That's what, I mean, it's not like this crazy thing yeah. that we have to all be foster parents at this moment. Or it's not something like so unattainable that I mean, it's, it's simple and the needs aren't 
crazy. The no. needs are just something simple like can, that. Yeah, you get to you get to be involved in a way that works for you. I remember one of the foster parents we talked to in one of the congregations said that visit days were so hard when she would take um, the children in her care to go visit with biological family. And she, I remember her just saying, if there had been a fizz soda on my doorstep when I got back from those long draining days, like that's all that would make the difference. That's it. Like yeah. if I could just see a Diet Coke on my doorstep when I got home, that would lift. And and that's something we can all do. And who, I know this is it, who among us can't yes. do that? Grab, your, grab a second Diet Coke when you're at the yeah. gas station. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so yeah, I love that. And, and again, this is, I just, I can't thank everybody enough that's come together and made this happen. Um, we will collect data and the research yeah. and we will analyze it. And then we hope to scale it. We hope to scale it up to the entire state so that every foster family has a community around them that surrounds them. And not only will it help those foster families, um, I I get a lot of pushback where I read a lot of stories about, um, you know, kids and I hear actual anecdotal, uh, you know, stories from former youth in care about, you know, oh, they, they get re-abused in the system and they they just, it's a series of, I mean, I just read a book. We just did a podcast, yeah. you know, um, on somebody's experience, um, really having more, even more trauma within the system. Yeah. Uh, not more trauma, but additional yeah. trauma within the system. And w- what I will say about that is I think this actually addresses that in a big way. And that is not only, and I and I will say a shout out to every foster family that does this. It's incredible what they're doing. Um, there will be, uh, you know, those one offs where where people are not doing it for the right reason. In my experience, you know, I, it's just very rare, yeah. and and far and you know why you know far and few between. I don't think I said that right. <laughs> Few and far Few between. Few and far between. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that was not coming out right. Um, and but I will say that when you have eight to ten more pairs of eyes, right, on that child, cheering for that child, mentoring that child, loving that child, it can only help. It can only help with, you know, making sure that that child stays more safe, not less. Well, I think, I mean, we all know that it takes a village to raise a child. And I think what's happening in the foster care system is they don't have a village. It's it's a very lonely place to be as a foster child, as a foster family. And we just want to help build that village around each of those families because they need it more than more than anyone. Yep. Yep. And, and, you know, you think about it just on, you know, as a mother that raised for children, um, raising four children, they're, you know, you, I needed my tribe. I needed my people to survive. I needed my friends, my neighbors, um, my family, my mother, my (laughs) mother-in-law. I mean, I I can't tell you the number of people that I could call on at any given point in my life. You know, my, I know my, my beautiful congregation is always like, can I help? Can I help? And I'm like, no, I, I'm good because I've got, I've I've got so many people in my orbit that I can yeah. call at any moment uh, when I need them. It's it's powerful. Not everybody has that, yeah. and not 
and foster families definitely yep. feel isolated many times because they just don't people don't understand yep. people aren't I think the village is un, unsure of what to do yes and how to ask and who to ask and what can they know and and I love I think what these care communities do is bridge that gap between people that want to help but aren't sure how and know that there are I mean and there are issues there are privacy issues there are there's trauma-informed training. There are things that need to be in place. And what we're doing with these care communities is really building that bridge between people that want to help, the foster families that need it, and putting in place, you know, it's simple trainings, but it's there so that people know how to help and how to be engaged in a meaningful and safe way for yeah. those kids. Yep. I love it. It's it's really great. And we're excited. Yeah. It's, it's moving forward. It's moving forward. It's, it's lifting so, off. It's, it feels like a... a baby that we are finally is out in the world <laughs> taking its, it's first step been birthed it has okay <laughs> let's talk teachers real quick um i think some of the best i i know listeners have probably heard about the conference so we don't ne- necessarily need to go into that again but i think one thing that's come from these conference conferences and from multiple conversations with teachers is a feeling that they are not part of the process when it comes to policy making and people that are making these big decisions that that direct their lives. I want you to talk about kind of thing what we're doing to try to address those needs. Yeah, you know, we we hear this at the conference. We hear this as I talk to teachers probably at least weekly. Um many of the many of the frustrations that come come because and and, and we see this in every aspect of, you know, of service and helping people is, um, you know, that we don't, we feel like things are happening to us and not with us. Yeah. And, and so when we, we talk to teachers, that is a, a huge issue that comes up again and again and again is, you know, here we are in our classrooms, we're working really hard um, day in and day out. We have kiddos that, that have, needs they have trauma they have um you know just the inability to get to school the inability to show up the inability to to thrive yeah. in you know the environment that we're trying to set up you know what how am i reevaluating how i teach this to to make sure that i'm reaching every student i mean these teachers are working their guts out day in and day out and then what they feel is that when um and i can speak I think I can speak for them because I feel like I've heard enough from them that policies that come out um, from the state and, you know, from the legislature and different different things that, you know, from from USBE or, you know, any of these places where policy comes down and, and is then implemented in the schools, they feel like it's just they just brace, you know, after the legislative session, <laughs> what fresh hell awaits us. Yes. <laughs> and not to say I love our legislators and I love that they really are, you know, dedicated to yeah, making our really schools better. legislators. They, just great humans that I admire in so many ways. But, but a, sometimes the teachers don't see that. They don't yeah. see the behind the scenes w- that we see. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't see the the you know they don't see the sausage making and the and the really difficult decisions that are being made in our legislature, and and so 
what I found is there's just a bit of a disconnect between the teachers, what they know about the legislature, what they know about the process, how how they can be involved in the process. And and same with the legislators. I see that the legislators are saying, like, we're doing the best we can. This is what we're hearing. This is, you know, and they're not they're not there's there's just a disconnect. Yep. Yep. I think and for the most part, people on both sides are very well intentioned. Absolutely. But you only know what you know. Exactly. That's that's exactly right. And so what we've we've found ourselves in this very unique position of seeing both sides of that. And so what we'd like to do better and what we think, you know, teachers are asking us to do and and legislators, too, is to make that connection. And so what we're trying to do is really find a way um, to make sure that teachers, everyday teachers, not the, you know, just, I mean, we love our, our advocacy groups and we love our folks that are, are advocating on behalf of teachers. But I would love to, for teachers just to tell their individual stories to individual legislators yep. so that when the policies are being made, those stories are in their minds, those stories are in their heads, and they're understanding what life is really like in a classroom every day. Yeah. And and that's what we saw at the conference. What we did was, you know, we were able to have the these legislators and other community leaders um, give out $10 gift cards. It's simple. It's nothing. It's $10 from Amazon. And the, but they it was the it was it was the experience of handing them the card, a teacher card and saying, thank you for what you do and tell me your story. And I can't tell you how many legislators told me how powerful that was, how many leaders told me that was powerful, how many teachers said it was so empowering to be able to tell my story, that somebody was actually listening. I was being seen by somebody that actually understands, um, you know, the policies that are being put in place. And so I, I think that's a big outcome of this year is and a big focus on what we're doing is really making those connections and making sure that the policies that that come out of the legislature really are influenced by the experiences of our teachers. Yep. I'm super excited for, the, for these efforts. I think I think on both sides people are excited about that yep. because legislators for the most part really are well-intentioned. They want to do what's best and teachers are the experts because they are there every single day in the classroom. So, I'm excited to get those connections made. Okay. Um now I have some these questions you may not have seen. So this is fun. But they're very easy. I did have my children submit questions. I love that you did that. <laughs> only only two of them made it through. Um, so both by Liz. So she's she she Liz, might be the next host. You're <laughs> knocking it out of the park and I may be losing yes. my job. She is 11. So <laughs> she'll be here for a while. OK. What is your favorite holiday tradition? Mm. Huh? That's a good one. Yeah. Okay. So lately it's been just getting home. Um, that's, that's a tradition. <laughs> home I like to San Pete. Home to San Pete. There it is. Uh, getting home to Fairview. Um, personally, I love to get home. I always please bless their snow <laughs> because I really want to cross country ski during the holiday season. I'd love to run up on my mountain. I know that sounds really lonely, but it's, <laughs> Not great for Christmas tradition. <laughs> it's just for me. Your favorite tradition is to leave your it's family to be by myself and your neighbors. <laughs> okay, it turns out. No, just kidding. No, I love it. So we the tradition is 
that I love for for Christmas is that we the family gets together. Um, we go up to Spencer's parents' place on Christmas Eve, do Christmas Eve together. Grandma always gives out pajamas and the kids get to, you know, all their cousins and get to take pictures in their pajamas. And we do, you know, nativity, the whole thing on that night. And then, um, as the kids get older, they get to participate in, um, what we've done is, you know, identify a family that we know is struggling. Um, and, and we put, instead of, you know, giving gifts to each other, we've, we've done that, um, you know, give gifts to a family. So we we used to do gifts. Turns out, as we have found in the <laughs> nonprofit space and a lot of the work we do, just, money is just better. It's just easier. It goes <laughs> right where it needs to go. <laughs> they can get what they need. They yeah. can, you know, use it in the best ways they want to for their family. And so we do money. And so we've just, you know, done that. We've contributed to that. And then it's really fun because the kids um, – get to go put it on the doorstep and we do a little jar of coins but then there's other stuff in there hidden and then you know as they get older they you know do I get to go is it am I old enough to go this year and so the older kids get to go do that and so it's really fun Uh, so your Christmas will look a little different you've got two sons that have been married since last Christmas How's that going? We're we're excited because this year um, we get all of them home. Oh, I love it! So um, the this, the daughters in law will be there, and um, we get to have Christmas with the whole gang. That. You're gonna have to teach them how to cross country ski. I know. <laughs> You're gonna have to teach me how to cross country ski. It's it, seriously, I love it. I've tried. I've tried to get Emma Kate to come with me. She came once, and that was that. Couldn't <laughs> couldn't stand up right <laughs> somehow. I'm like. Why are you falling? (laughs) (laughs) But it is, it actually, 10 minutes from my house, I can go up to the most beautiful place on earth. Mm. Um, I affectionately call it North Skyline. Um, It's where a lot of people snowmobile. It's a big snowmobiling Mm. place. So it's usually me and all the snowmobilers. So you're not totally Um, on your own. I'm not totally on my own. If I go uh, this, you know, during Christmas, it'll be like that because snowmobilers, it's it's haven for them. But we, but if I, I mean, I used to go up on a weekday morning and have the entire mountain to myself. Oh, wow. It is pristine and gorgeous and quiet. So not, not like South Temple. Correct. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> anyway. Oh, I love that. So join me. Anybody can join me. We'll go find you in North Skyline. Yes. Does anyone know what that is? If I no, if I went a, to Sound Beach. <laughs> my little knocking on doors. It'll be a little treasure hunt. See if you can find me. <laughs> Abby. <laughs> be great. Okay. Um, what was the best book you read this year? Oh gosh. I'm gonna have that's I should have been prepared for this. I have to look back to my my Audible, they they leave my head as soon as I'm done. <laughs> that is me. I have to look over. I read everything on my Kindle, so I just have to look through my Kindle yeah, library. Yeah, I have to go back to my library. Um, right now, I'm reading in a really interesting book that was a it was a, a recommendation from yourself. Oh, look at me. Um, it's the it's Barbara King Solver who she wrote the <sighs> so Poisonwood Bible, and it's it's really incredible. It's not one of those like oh, I just feel so good after. It's not it. for it's not a friendly book. No, it's no. not great. I mean, it's great. It's, it's very, very well written. Um, it's amazing. But did you um, want to give the title of the book? Yes. I want to give the title is called Demon Copperhead. And that's her newest book. And I'm reading that now. 
Let's see. I'm going through my books this year. Uh, let's see. Um, I, re- I started, I have to say, it's very rare that I don't finish a book, but I will. <laughs> but it, I already, I don't know, I'm probably eight hours into it and I have 30 hours left. And it's cool. the brothers Karamasov. Oh, okay. My sister's been trying to tell me I should read it for That's years. That's a long book. It's, it's a lot. And so I, I don't know that it's my best book, um, but it's it's the one you'll spend the most time with. Yes. Um, I read uh, Red Notice. Oh, I don't know that one. Red Notice was a really good one. Bill Browder. And okay. he and I think he just released. I haven't read it yet, but it's a newer one, uh, kind of a sequel to this. But it's it's a it's a his life. I mean, it's his life story about um, he was a. He went into like finance and he was in the finance world and and then in the like after the Berlin Wall came down and communism fell in in Russia, he went in. He had the opportunity to go into Russia and like make a ton of money in some of these places where they were just basically giving out different commodities. It it was I don't understand the finance world. And so but it was really interesting. But what was interesting about it is then it kind of came full circle to where he ended up being on uh, a hit list hmm. um and and it really kind of stops it comes full circle right I mean, now who among us doesn't end up on a hit list <laughs> but I, I guess what i found so fascinating was it really helped me to understand russia interesting it helped me to understand what's going on now hmm. um and that's this next book which i yeah. need to read which is the the next sort of iteration and yeah. and and anyway he, friends that he worked with huh. who ended up being killed and just it, it was really sad and uh, you know we thought communism fell and we thought all these terrible things went away like the gulags and the yeah and the you know the stuff that stalin did and it was terrible and blah 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 well it turns out you know th- so it's much. still going on and huh. now we see it because we've we understand what's yeah. going on in russia now but anyway it was that was okay. really interesting I need, um, I need to read that one. Yeah. Wait. And so you said then there's a second one. After there is one, and I don't companion. remember. I don't know what okay. it's called. I can't remember what it's called, but um, I need to read it. Okay. Um, the other really great book that that I read this year was Surrender. It's Bono. Oh yes, it was a really good. And book. the audiobook was great because it because it would play the music. I mean, it was like yeah, yeah. a whole production. It was. Yeah. It was there not like, like an audio book. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I like one thing on there that I love that he said. And it's kind of stuck with me. And it's something that I now kind of pray for, for my kids Mm -hmm. is, and myself, is he talks about, um, I mean, we would, I don't know, we would call them guardian angels or something, but he he called it um, his, oh gosh, I can't remember the word. Um, But somebody that comes to to you in your life when you need them. Um, spirit guide. He called it my spirit okay. guide. And he, he talks about how he had different spirit guides at different points in his life. His mom being one, his wife oh, wow. being one, his, you know, different friends that come in and out of your life at different points that you need. And to me, that was really powerful. And for so I am always like, I'm starting to look at who are those spirit guides yeah. in my life along the, the line. That. And then I always pray for them for my kids. Like, can there be somebody in their life that, that carries them through different difficult times in their lives. So I, that, I, I love, love that. that. I love that. Um, okay. Best meal of the year or best new restaurant mm. or both. Gosh. 
Because I know you're you're a foodie. I am a foodie. I'm trying to think. We traveled a lot. I'm trying to think if we ate some really great places. There's, If you're in D.C., there's a couple of places that I absolutely love that is it's Jose Andres's restaurants and I can't okay. remember their names, but one of, one of them is a Mediterranean restaurant mm. and one of them is like a Spanish tapas oh. and both of them are phenomenal. They're okay. really, really good. Um, here in Salt Lake, I would say there's two places that I, I ate this year that I really loved. One is urban Hill. Is it called urban Hill down on, I don't know. I think that's what it's called. Keep talking. I'll look it up. Um, And it's fairly new. And I think that, yeah, Urban Hill. And it's fairly new here in Salt Lake. But there's another one. I can't remember what it's called in Park City. The same people. That's It's really, really good. Um, It's kind of a higher end. Okay. um, But just really, really great food. And then the other one is a little less high end, but phenomenal food. It's called Neutral Ground. I think. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah, it's on the west side, down kind of by, I don't know what it's by. I don't know this town very well. <laughs> Someone great. <laughs> if it was in Fairview, I could tell you what it was by. <laughs> Both by the tree. The old mill. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's it's kind of a Cajun, Ooh. southern kind okay. of comfort food. Do they do like shrimp and grits? Yes. That kind of stuff? And I love shrimp and grits. I tell you, to find good shrimp so and good. grits. So good. But the other thing that they have is a really good, like, red beans and rice Ooh. that I love there. It's so, I so I don't good. have lunch spicy, today. Should we? <laughs> I think we should. <laughs> Call it in. Call it in. <laughs> Got it. Okay. Well, I think it's time. Are we at time, Josh? All right. <laughs> <laughs> it's been lovely interviewing you. Thank you for this uh, trip down Power Lane. Really loved it. <laughs> don't don't get too comfortable. No, just kidding. It's all yours. <laughs> Thank you. It's been great. Thank you.